right. Hey, welcome back to Value Added Podcast. This is Brad Reese, episode number four, here with my partner in crime, the hottest realtor in Douglas, Wyoming. <laughs> well, maybe, okay. maybe not hottest. Uh, you're a handsome dude, too, but, uh, well, but, thank but, you. but, a, but a very, the, be, uh, the best guy, best realtor in Douglas, Wyoming, Brady Brooks. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, though, today. Right on, dude. Yeah. yeah, well, man, good to have you back. Um, you, you know, last week we we uh, tried to get you into some hot water with marriage, and uh, hey, I, I think that uh, came across real good. Got some good yeah. feedback good. from people. Yeah, a lot of wisdom you and I share. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I don't got a lot, but it's fun to to clash with the, what are we, 30 years apart or yeah, more? Right, yeah, 51 to 21. Yeah. 22. 22. Wow. 30 years apart. That's very cool. Yeah. 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 No, it's fantastic. So, yeah, there's a lot more there, but. Yes. Oh, yeah. We could dive yeah. into that all day long, man. Yeah. But yeah. good, good topic. And so, Brady, man, tell me what uh, what's new with you this week? What's up? This week? Hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, I get off of work or something and people ask me, hey, how's your day? And I'm like, I got to think hard. I got to think about it because it's there's just so many little tasks during the day. I got it's not like, oh, I went and, you know, tore out a, a basement and put up sheetrock. It's just, oh, like, so right. many tiny little tasks in real estate. It's uh-huh. calling this person. So, honestly, I forget, and I have to think real hard, yeah. you know, yeah. when it comes to real estate oh. stuff. So, it's just, but, I mean, this week's been good, you know. Yeah. Um, got a people looking to show houses or nice. looking to see houses. So, I've got four or five showings this week, actually. So, it's pretty crazy. But cool. it's well, good. Dude, you know, I, I kind of tease a little bit about the hottest realtor in Douglas. But, dude... You, it seemed like you have the qualities for a good real. Tell me a little bit about qualities of a good, and this is just off the cuff. What, give me a couple qualities of a good realtor. You know, I, you gotta be, takes a strong personality and it doesn't mean you have to be bold or, um, really out there, but it takes a strong personality to be, to be able to handle different types of people. You know, you've Uh, got the, just so many different people and different personalities that you're working with. It takes you to have some tough skin and, you know, to, to deal with that person that's really complicated and picky, um, that, that can get hot headed. but you know, so I'd say when it comes to, you know, one good quality, you got to have a personality that, that can handle all different types of, you know, other people uh, yes. with that. But you know, there's it, a lot of things. That's a good question. Yeah. Well, that's, um, well, that, that's a big part of being a realtor dealing yeah. with, all personalities, yeah. arrogant ones to timid ones, yeah. shy. But you know, when I look at like the outfitting business, what makes you a good outfitter? It's kind of attention to detail, right? Those those little return the phone calls when you get the message, yeah. right back on your email. Little mm-hmm. tiny things. It's it, it's cross cultural, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what business you're in. It's like, hey, these are the little things you should do yeah. to, to be good. I agree with you. That's not the first thing that popped into my mind because. That's something I struggle with is uh, yeah. the attention to the detail and, you know, doing those little things. But, you yeah. know, I totally agree there, too, is, yeah. is that. Yeah. It's funny, you know, Shauna Sandos does all the booking for Rockin' 7 Outfitters. And Super gal's been doing it for us for six years now, at least. And uh, just the other day, we got an email and she said, Brad, I don't quite know how to handle this email. And in the email, the guy said... Shauna, thank you so much for all your patience and all your work in helping me book this hunt for the Rockin' Seven. I would like to give you a tip or a gratuity. Wow. And, yeah, and, and Shauna's like, I've never been offered yeah, a tip. Never, yeah, We're just doing my job. She's you know? behind the scenes there. Yeah. yeah, and that tells me 
she's awesome, yeah, right? When right. a guy wants to give you more than what you're asking for, just to say, hey, thanks for helping me spend money with your company. That's really cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, no, no. Shauna's, yeah, she's awesome. And yeah. We're fortunate to have her. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Little side note there. Well, hey, what uh, what do you want to talk about this week? This week, I don't know if I got too much on the the mind today. Um, I don't know. What do you got? Well, great. So you know, uh, as I think through the week, and I think about the one we did last, right? It's like okay, we did marriage, and so I just naturally, and I don't know, I don't know how this will fly. It might not. I thought, what about babies? Babies. Babies, right? Tricycle motors, little curtain climbers, just baby. And so obviously you don't have a lot of experience with babies, Yeah. but it's like, hey, you're getting married. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, uh, man, I have four kids. And so I'm just like, man, so here's where it came from. And we certainly don't have to go there if we don't want. But to me, this podcast is a little bit of a, what's the word I want? Uh, not sentiment, but a... Time capsule? Time capsule, right? It's this thing that can last forever on the internet. Yeah. And so when I look at it, I look back at my great-granddad. In 1880, he was in Wales, England, right? And there was a potato famine of the 1882s or whatever. He packs up from Wales, England, comes across in a ship, a 21-day journey or whatever, across the Atlantic Ocean, gets to Pennsylvania, Boston, or wherever that main port is, yeah. And he starts life brand new in America in the 1880s, ends up going to Logan, Kansas. From Logan, Kansas, and in 1914, he packs up his little old buggy or his horses or whatever, gets on it, and goes to Wyoming and homesteads. Starts with his kids and 320 acres and nothing else, right? Yeah. Now, can you imagine if I had a audio journey of my great-granddad Coming over from Wales, it would be so exciting right, now. Right. I never got to meet the man, mm -hmm. right? But So that's kind of where I was with this. Like, you know what? If for no other reason we're doing this little podcast that maybe three generations down the line of kids that I will never meet can listen to their great-granddad talk about raising babies, raising right. his kids. I don't, it just that's got me cool. all excited. No, that's crazy, and it's crazy. Just, you know, thinking about, what was, that was your great-grandpa? Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great-grandpa. So, you know, started something now that we were living on the exact same place he was. You know, the ranch that he helped build, the grandpa and my dad, and then from me to my kids, you know, yeah. their fifth generation. And so, yeah. it's just a fascinating, and, and I don't know, maybe we can do a whole podcast on that. There's so right. much there. Yeah. But... I was just like, well, hey, let's just talk about, especially since you're kind of in this part of life. And I just said, you know, there, there's just some things I've learned from, from, from babies. And, and here's the fascinating part. When you, you go into a hospital, right, and, and your, your, your wife's nine months pregnant and it's time. And you're in the hospital, they take great care of you. I mean, the doctors, and I mean, if you have Becky Oliver as your nurse, you got nothing to worry about. She's yeah. the best nurse of all time. <laughs> She's just amazing. She takes care of everything. She wouldn't need a doctor, and yeah. she could... Uh, anyhow, you're well taken care of in the hospital. But that day after, when you walk out with this little tiny baby, and your wife's in the wheelchair like they do, and they wheel you out to the car, and you put the baby in your, you know, the child seat, and they leave, you look at your wife, dude, and I'm getting some goosebumps right now, because you look at your wife, and you're like... This is ours to raise. And that's nothing else. You know, I mean, I've taken wow. training on flight lessons. I've taken training in real estate classes. They train you and teach. I didn't take classes on raising babies. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it yeah, hit me. I can't imagine putting something that small and just putting it in your car, and yep. you know you gotta take it home, take care of it, not getting it cracked. Like that'd be just so scary. That's it. Yeah, you're exactly right. No, it's it's fascinating. So you pack this baby up and you get it home. And here's the first thing that when I write, nobody told me this, right? But my first baby, Cody, came June first, and I'm gonna just be here to tell you, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but every baby. Two days into life, for two to three days, every baby gets jaundice. They get yellow because they don't get sunlight. They've been in mommy's belly for nine months. They pop out. They need vitamin D. They need sunlight. And so usually you take it back to the hospital and you put it under the lamp for a day or two. And it's like, ah. But the, the, the country boy in me, right, that this is my first, um, my, my first home remedy for you, Brady. <laughs> if you got this baby at home, after two days, it's obviously too young. I picked Cody up. And I took him on the riding lawnmower. And I held him in my hands as dust is blowing and grass. And I'm just cutting along. Two days old. <laughs> Two days old. And Cody's just kind of, he's got big eyes looking at me. And I'm just bouncing and riding. And it's no wonder that his favorite thing in life today is driving a tractor. Yeah, right? wow, at yeah. Two days old. He's start, and right. I'm kind of a believer in that. But but get him in the sunlight. You know, I, I hear families. So so that's my first thing is, is don't. Don't be afraid. They are so resilient. They're yeah. so flexible. Obviously, there's health there. You got to watch, but they're tough. Get yeah. them out in the sun. Get them outdoors. <laughs> get them going. <laughs> did Heather, Heather was? Did Heather show any worries in there? Or? Great question, right? Because a mother's job is to nurture. Yeah. Okay. It's I take care of this baby and every need of this baby I have. So Heather very much had. Hey, wait, what? This is my baby. What are you doing with him outside in the? And it's like, well. I don't know much about babies. Teaching but it to mow the lawn. Teaching it. Two days early. old. <laughs> Get a head start. Get a head start. Yeah, exactly. So, so yes, she had, but, you know, her and I always kind of talk about it. And it's like, well, what do you think? Kind of based off of last yeah. week's marriage talk. It's like, no, we, we could talk about this. The thing that we really noticed, okay, that baby, it cries before it goes to sleep. Right, and so the baby starts crying. What do you do? Well, you cuckoo it, and you deep, deedly, deep, deedly, dee, and you try to get him to sleep, and he doesn't. And a mom wants to put it in bed with you, wants to just just nurture that thing. And I'm like, you know, the baby needs to learn right. how to put himself to sleep. Yeah. Right. And if you're always there with him, he's always going to think he needs that. You know what I mean? And so I was a fan of if the baby's napping. You know, some families are like, shh. The baby's trying to nap. I'm like, no, I want my baby to sleep when there's noise going on. Yeah. Vacuum, run the blender, you know? Yeah. And so there's two ways to look at it. And so Heather and I really talk. I'm like, Heather, this baby just needs to cry it out a little bit. Now, if he needs to burp or he's hungry or there's any need, we obviously have to take care of that. Right. But if he's fine, he just needs to learn how to fall asleep on his own. And yeah. he'll cry it out. And I mean, literally, Heather kind of just had to go in a different room, close right. the doors, you know? Turn and, the box fan on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think, what my parents did. Yeah, yeah. Turn the box fan on. Box fan Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And you, they learn to fall asleep on their own. And after a time, too, it's kind of hard, but then they fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, it sounds like yeah, you're towards the, the not the extreme, but the side of, yeah, you know, they can, they got to learn, they got to do that. And so you're saying, Heather, was she extreme the other way or do you guys balance each other out pretty well yeah not extreme the other way she was very much talking out logical makes sense let's do it even though my motherly instinct you know yeah. i it, it might be leading me astray here yeah. this is the best thing for that baby because yeah. yeah, it sounds like you're pretty 
you know, gung ho, hey, get them out there. You know, yeah. They're tough, they're resilient, and it, it, you know, if, for a lot of people, they'd be probably like scared, like, oh my gosh, you know, careful. But it sounds like you and Heather kind of had a good dialogue, and a, right. you know, you were both realistic and thinking, okay, yeah, so yeah. And reasonable when it comes exactly. to Exactly. No, we totally stuff. were. Yeah, totally were. Yeah. Totally were. So, you know, that was a big one, but also like discipline, right? And, and discipline's tricky because I've, I've thought this before. At, at what point? You know, the Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go on air saying physical, right? I mean, yeah. you, you got to use some judgment here. But I always say discipline for defiance, right? So you can tell on a baby, I mean, okay, it's, it's three weeks old. There's nothing that baby can do that's defiant. He's just being a baby. He's yeah. just trying to figure it out. But at about a year old-ish, give or mm. take a month or two, they start learning that, hey, I, I, and what they're screaming, what I used to tell Heather, they're screaming, I want to know where my boundary is. That's what they're screaming, right? They're not really being defined. They're just like, where is my boundary? People need boundaries, right? There's freedom in structure, right? right? In your life, in my life, it's like, okay, hey, we, I work out at 630 in the morning and then I, and there's kind of, there's a freedom in having, there's kind of, that's a dichotomy, but there's freedom in structure. And that's the way a baby is. He's like, hey, if I just have complete freedom, I never know where the line is and I never have that pressure off of me. There, there's a, he, and so you got to say, hey, here's a plant and we have a plant in our house called the no-no plant because that plant has lived through all four kids getting pulled over and crashed against the ground, dirt everywhere, <laughs> and it's a tough plant. Just got to shove it back in the shove pot, water it, and it, and it lives. But it's a no-no plant because it taught every kid no. It's like, hey, you grab that plant. And they they grab the plant and they look at you with those little eyes. And you know what? It's like, yeah. no, no. And then they pull it. And they look at you to see, what are you going to do? <laughs> right? They totally So is that do. what you kind of mean by where's my boundaries? Like Exactly. They're just experimenting to see what they can and can't do. Is that yes, what you're saying? That's exactly it. That's a boundary. And if I go, oh, it's okay. And I put the plant together and put it up again. He's going to grab it and rip it again. And he's going to get madder every time he does it because he needs to know where the boundary And then he's going to go grab curtains and grab lamps. And you know what I mean? He yeah. needs to know a boundary. And once you say no, and you slap that at no, we don't pull that plant over. And he cries a little bit and his big bottom lip comes out. And then he does it again. He starts thinking about it. And then he leaves it alone and moves on. He, right. he's, that's a boundary. Yeah. 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 That's a that's something. I mean, I, I haven't, you know, this, when you said babies, I'm like, oh, I haven't even thought about babies, but right. that's something I've never heard. Obviously I haven't heard a lot, but yeah. that kind of perspective on, you know, definitely that one year old, to, you know, yes, exactly. however long that's what, that's all they know is what can, you know, where's the line? Where's the line? And I need a line. I'm looking for that line. Help me. And we're doing them a favor by showing them those lines. That's the yes and no of life. You know, I've had people who say, Oh, I'm baby proofing my house and we're putting these little plastic things in the plant. So we can't get into the dirt. And I'm like, yeah, we, you need to be safe and, and guarding from falling down the stairs. But, wouldn't you rather just teach them right and wrong, yes and no, you know? So then when you go into a friend's house or something and he reaches for the plant or whatever, no, no, that's a no, no. And they know that and yeah. they move on. And it's just, they're happy, you're happy. Yeah, you're kind of avoiding the the problem and not teaching them anything. Exactly you do that. right. You're just kicking that can down the road. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, you talk about discipline though and, you know, 
it can get tricky like you said you know you're, you don't need to you're not gonna go say hey spank your kids you know that's right. you know there's yeah. pr- different opinions for everybody but you yeah. know when my dad did discipline me and i was old enough i mean i'm not sh- you know i can't remember three to yeah three to six but um you know when i was probably eight nine ten and he disciplined me he he explained to me he said hey i don't want to do this right but this is what happens when you do this and he explained yeah. it and it was never quick it was never yeah you know um he never acted out you know he'd, he'd sometimes you, you know yell and say what are you doing yeah you know because you know he gets angry but yeah when he when it came to discipline or you know grounding me or you know i, I got a few spankings not a lot um but i you know i did get spanked but every time he sat me down he said hey i don't want to do this and I, yeah. I do this because i love you because you can't right. you got to learn you know so yeah that's that's the biggest thing i i remember and yeah you know no from discipline is my dad explained it to me he said this is why this is what it is i love you and i don't want to do this but yeah. you have to learn yep perfect man yeah that's good stuff and you're so glad now that you had parents yeah, like that totally yeah. and it sets me up to to be mature enough to handle discipline with my kids because right. I, I saw what it was like and say okay yeah. if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it right yeah. i'm not gonna do it the second after yeah. my kid makes me mad i'm gonna go calm down make sure I go into the situation with a, a heart that's yeah. not angry, but seeking to help, you know, my child. That's it. That anger part. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if it's anger and it's, it's slapping or physical like that, that's, that's wrong. But, hey, you just, that just bounced it out. Give, give me a hot take. Give me a Brady Brooks hot take on some of you, one of your favorite things, favorite memory from childhood, favorite things you did with your parents. What, what's just something that really makes your belly feel good from your childhood? Okay. I like that. Good question. Yeah. I'll think here for a second. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can splice out, or I can keep talking. It's, Make sure it's, it's a decent one. Like, <laughs> I, I, I can think of one, but. Oh yeah. Yeah, it just rolls right in. Good. It's like, dude, it, it's so important. I don't know. Some of those memories. It always fascinates me how some of my best childhood memories are ones that I didn't necessarily know were that good at the time. And then you look back in hindsight and you go, wow, if I could do that again with dad, right? that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So what comes to mind first for me, it would be, it'd just be the support. And, you know, a lot of times I think this happens with a lot of people, but it was my dad. My The first memory that comes to mind is my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if it, if the daughter is with her mom, but just the way my family grew up, my dad was the leader he was you know he was the strong presence in the home and anyways with that like almost all my memories have to do with my dad but you know one one of my favorite memories um it was in and it's my it's not the happiest memory but it's just one memory that's gonna stick with me the rest of my life and I was playing football it was like rec league football probably like I, I don't know what grade maybe second third fourth grade and I was I was good back in the day. Like yeah. I was the yeah. kid. I'll brag about, I'll brag about rec league football and not high school football. Yeah. <laughs> I was nothing crazy after sixth grade when everybody grew. Um yeah. but you know, it's rec league, I was killing it, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I was hitting oh. people, I was I was afraid of nothing. And yes. um again, here I am bragging about rec league football, but <laughs> it was it was the best. And yeah. you can kinda hear my excitement in it. Totally. But then my dad pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, you are really good you you're better than anyone out here 
you took that guy out and he's two years older than you. And I was just ecstatic. I'm like, my dad's hyping me up right now. He says, but I want you to be humble and you're going to sit and you're going to let this other guy play because, Mm. you know, he, you know, because you're going to serve that other person so he can get the time and he can get playing time and he can get glory. And that just like impacted me so much. It's like, I'll surrender anything. I'll I'll do that when I know that the because he's the only person I cared about out there. I didn't care the girls, the other girls on the nope. side or the other families. My dad, he was the one that meant the most to me, and I wanted to impress him the most. And when he t- pulled me aside and he had that conversation with me, and said, "Hey, I'm so proud of you. You are the best on this field, but you're not gonna act like it, you know." Yeah. And that he wasn't punishing me no, either. No. He. Yeah. he you know, yeah, and that's something that created humility in me for the rest of my life. Right. And I, I always knew when I score that touchdown and I don't go dancing and I don't go get the glory, I know that my dad's proud of me. And yeah. I know that he's he sees me and, you know, you know, in in so many moments on the track, on the, you know, on the track when I was in high school, um, so many things. I, I never had that desire to go showboat to you know to go tell people because i always knew my dad was watching and he was proud of me for you know my achievements but he was also proud of me for my humility Uh, so you know there's a lot to that but that is one of my favorite memories is i love it is knowing that my dad was proud of me and when you know that you can you can surrender the 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 desire for glory for attention you know yeah wow that can get deep too that's good stuff it went deep you know so yeah good kid I love it. Good, good hot take, dude. Well, thanks. That was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you a, sl- a slow pitch and you knocked right? it out of the park. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm glad I thought of that one because that's really one that means yeah. a lot. And... Yeah, that's good. You know, back to kind of raising kids and, and thinking about my kids. I remember when Cody was like five years old, we were out planting the garden. And, and we were in the garden and we were planting peas. And we have a picture of it. it it's just... It's great because we're here planting peas in the garden, and Cody has peas in his hand, and he's just eating them, eating the peas, right, the pea seed, you know? And and Heather's like, oh, he's eating the seed, and he's he's planting the rows kind of crooked, and, and I'm like, Heather, we're raising kids, not gardens. You know what I mean? That's what we're really here for, is just out here in the dirt with Cody, and it's fascinating because now... That's what Cody does to make a living, you know, is a farmer. And wow. so you don't even know what you're doing at the time. We weren't yeah. planting a garden. No. We yeah. were raising and a boy. Do, do details matter when he's, what, how old was he then? Yeah, like five. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the details will come, the the discipline will come when he's yes. a man. But right exactly. there, your priority is. Exactly. We know. just want a good, we just want a good time out here in the right. garden. Him right. and the dirt and eating dirt and the pea seed. And, yeah. Cool. yeah. 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 I like that. All is healthy. Yeah, yeah, very. So, yeah, I think, you know, one more thing, and you could probably close with this. Um, you know, it's it's one or two questions, and you can probably answer whichever one. You know, you mentioned your grandpa, your great-grandpa. What You know, it's either, is there something you wish, you know, if you, if your great-grandpa had a podcast, what's something you wish he'd talk about? Mm-hmm. Or if your great-great-grandkids were listening to this, what's something you'd want to tell them? <sighs> you you kind of close out with that, maybe. <laughs> I love them both. Love them both. Maybe we'll just take... Shoot for both if you want. Yeah. if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Let me shoot for my great-grandkids, who I will never get a chance to meet, who might be listening to this. Okay, we're very hypothetical. But let me give them a piece of my wisdom. So, 
That's that's good because uh Yeah, let's hope uh Apple Podcaster uh Yeah <laughs> uh, Spotify Podcast are a thing and maybe it's eighty years. Yeah, 80, yeah, exactly. It's like well, who knows the whole internet might crash and, and never. But um you know it's definitely going to go into the people spectrum, right? It's not going to go into the work and how much joy I did working. And if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I mean, that's all good stuff. But in the end, it's people and God's word, right? That's all we got in the end. And I think maybe if that's, you know, on my tombstone or what I could tell my, my great, great grandkids right now is like, Hey, Live your passion, work hard, work with your hands. But in the end, people and God's word are all that really matters. So so focus on both. Right. That's kind of where to spend some time. Like Somebody told me um, there's three things in the world that are eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God's word, um, you know, God and the souls of men, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's the only thing that's eternal. That's you focus on anything else, it's it's momentary, it's going to burn. So. That's right. Yeah. I like that a lot. Good stuff. stuff. Well, thank you. All right, man. Great. Great question. Great topic. Yeah, let's button it up right there. All right. Sounds good. Until next time. Until next time.